Hello everyone, Shayla here. Welcome back to Together We Fight for All, an Are You Gen Action podcast. Um, so just a few things before we start this episode. I just wanted to clarify my friend's name. So he wanted me to introduce him as Charlie. However, he does go by Peter. I think Charlie is just something that he's testing out right now. And also, I wanted to address the audio issues. So Andrea's audio is going to be really loud. And then me and Peter's audio is going to be super quiet. And it's because of this whole recording virtual thing that we have going on. Um, We're just doing this to be safe. So I recommend that you do listen to this episode with headphones. Um, But without any further ado, here is our conversation about safe sex with my best friend and the love of my life. Hey everyone, we're back. It's Shayla. Um, I'm the president and co-founder of Roosevelt University's Generation Action Chapter, and I'm here with Andrea, our vice president. You all know her, but today we're going to be talking about safe sex, and we have a very special guest. Very special. You will not believe it. We have Charlie Webb here with us today. Charlie, say hi. Hi. You introduced me like I was such a celebrity. Thank you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, Peter, I think, lost his virginity before I did, and he's younger than me. Yeah. So, (laughs) do you want to talk about that? How old were you? Yeah, what exactly do you... Oh, how old was I? I'm pretty sure I was 17. 16, 17? I think I was 17. Yeah, I'm going to go with 17. Um, you want me to talk about the entire thing? Yeah, like, was it an ex? Was it like a hookup? Oh, yeah, it was an ex. I was dating him. Um, I'm not going to say his name. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I would go over his house often. And one time, you know, we were just like, oh, we were making out and shit. And then obviously it led to other stuff. And then I was just like, I'm ready. And he was like, oh, shit, okay. And so we tried, but it hurt because I didn't know what to do, really. Like, you know, I've seen porn and shit, but, like, I never knew, like, what to actually do, like, when the moment came. I didn't know that there was any preparation, you know, all that stuff. So we just went for it, but it was painful. And I don't know how to feel about it, honestly. Like, I keep forgetting about the first time because it was just so boring, you know? It was so vanilla. Like, I mean, I don't really know what to say other than that it was uncomfortable and it was awkward. And I feel like, you know, everyone's first time is obviously going to be awkward because you're not, you know, experienced. So you're not going to know any, like, moves and, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it was just awkward. That's basically it. Can you talk about um, preparation? Because I know you told me about it, but I feel like it's something that maybe not a lot of straight people know about. So you want me to talk about preparation for, like, bottoms? Okay, well, if you're a top, then all you got to do is just wash your dick good and you're fucking ready to go. But for bottoms, it takes, like, I mean, if you really want to go all out and prepping, it'll take, like, at least 24 hours. Because you got to watch what you eat, which means you need, you know, 
um, <clears throat> you need to like eat foods that are like high fiber. So that way, you know, your shit doesn't come out like runny. You know, when you kill me, yes, I know it's, it's gross. It's gross. It's, that's why it's not talked about. But if you eat a lot of fiber, then it'll make, you know, come out at one solid piece instead of like water falling, you know. You know how you get when you eat Taco Bell, like like that. So you avoid Taco <laughs> Bell altogether. Just eat tons of fiber and then, you know, do that for the entire day. Or basically don't even eat at all if you really want to make sure. But anyway, before the moment comes, you know, you take your douching tool. You know what that is, right? You know what it is? You, like, squeeze yeah, it up. Turkey baster, but for your asshole. And then you squirt water up there, and then you sit down on the toilet and basically piss it out of your ass. And you do it until the water is clear. And once the water is clear, you go in one last time just to make sure. And then you go in the shower, and you clean real good, you know, and get that soap, suds it up all nice. And, then, and yeah, you're good. And you'll know if you're good or not. Like, bottoms usually will have, like, an intuition if, like, they're okay or if they're not, you know. So that way no accidents happen. But sometimes prepping just isn't enough. And sometimes, you know, accidents happen in the middle. And unfortunately, that is something that a lot of people have to go through. I think that this happened to me once, but I don't know. I don't remember. So what happens? Like, poop comes out? Or... I mean, if you're not pre- if you don't douche like well enough, yeah, because you know you're you're doing anal, mm-hmm. so obviously yeah. Yeah. something might happen. There's always that possibility, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people have experienced that. So, um, someone has actually done that on me when I was topping. So that is a very traumatizing experience that I won't like forget. <laughs> it was disgusting. It was horrible. So, yeah, you need to make sure to prep. Yeah, that's interesting because even, so even, like, heterosexual heterosexual couples do mm-hmm. anal. But, like, I doubt that they prep, right? Because, like, it, it's they just should. Like, If they yeah. don't, I'm fucking jealous then. If straight women can just do anal without, like, having to worry about douching, shit, I would want to switch bodies because I'm tired of, like, having to watch what I eat for, like, 24 hours before that's why it's never like you know with with like straight couples it's easier for them to have something like you know morning sex or something like that mm-hmm. but for gay guys it's different because the bottom can't just go into it mm-hmm. because then something like that might happen you know so it's like i don't know i'm a little jealous <laughs> <laughs> so do you think like the quick hookups like the like the more spontaneous hookups are more like sucking dick and whatnot because yeah, or some, some most guys will probably just go for it because you know if, if it's in the moment then mm-hmm. you might just say fuck it but yeah. usually guys will want to at least go to the bathroom first i know i would <laughs> like can i use your bathroom first like sorry to ruin the moment but like you know i don't want to like yeah i don't want this to be awkward i don't know i guess it just depends on the scenario and if you've done it before because some bottoms know if they're gonna get laid even if it's spontaneous they'll know they'll be ready we'll be ready <laughs> what about you Shayla how was your first time well my first time was with this guy that I dated right after high school um and it wasn't the best because he sort of manipulated me into thinking that we weren't actually having sex because he said that penetration 
wasn't sex. So it was just like weird. <laughs> like I was just really confused. But then um, he just kind of went for it without me saying that it was okay to continue. So basically it was like a sexual assault type of situation. And it, it's like weird. It's weird to talk about only because people have like such fun first time stories but then there's just like me like hey I got raped <laughs> like you know um but yeah that was my first time it was we did it like on the the floor of my living room so Such it was a complicated a situation yeah sorry to kill the mood but <laughs> No, but I feel like a lot of people could relate to that. Being not just the sexual assault, but like even being manipulated or they're, they're just not ready. Yeah. I feel like that happens to a lot of people for the first time. Yeah. I, I also I, feel like it's always usually on the guy's end where they're usually the ones. I know yeah. someone's going to probably be like, oh my God, like they're so like liberal. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, look around. Like everything is like basically just run by the XY chromosome. Mm-hmm. So, um, usually, yeah. We teach, I think we teach guys that they're in power within, like, a relationship or within, like, a sexual relationship. And yeah. I have a feeling that my ex was the, the type of guy who believed that sex ends with a male orgasm, which is not true, Right. But I think just educating people on consent and the fact that everyone has a different definition of sex and that you have to communicate that on both ends within the relationship, whatever it may be, I think that's very important to make sure that both parties are comfortable. Yeah, I feel like like some of it has to, it kind of ties into the whole like, you know, toxic masculinity, and then also, like, just traditional mindsets in general, like, for years, you know, how it was, like, from, like, um, I mean, we started getting progressive, I would say, around, like, the 60s, when, like, the hippie movement came up, you know, and men were expected to do all the dirty work, so I feel like, I don't know, that was just kind of embedded into, like, people's minds, especially since, you know, the older generations are still here, still teaching younger people, which is why it's still a problem, too, um, I feel like that has to do with things like, you know, when a man has sex or, like, just in general in a relationship and the reason why, like, you know, men can be manipulated like that because, like, it was, it's like a traditional thing, you know, and it's still carrying on even today, which is why we see a lot of the problems we're seeing now. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just a whole shit show going on. Yeah, and it's, it, it kind of sucks on both ends, like, on both, um, for both sexes, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. We put a lot of the blame on men, which kind of ignores the fact that there are so many men out there getting raped too, and they're being invalidated and ignored, and things just aren't being resolved on their end. And it's just there's there's a lot of things that we're doing for women, which I think is great, obviously, yeah. because we've been oppressed for so long. However, I feel like if we want to evolve, then we have to allow men to evolve and encourage them to do that as well. Yeah, but for the most part, whenever you do, you know, 
talk to a man who's stubborn and you try to help him, usually he won't want it, which makes it even more complicated because of that inner toxic masculinity growing up. You know, you need to find yourself a wife. You need to settle down. You need to, you know, you can't be um, emotional. You have to stay tough. So that's why men don't usually seek therapy, even when we try to help. Typically, it just doesn't work because of that, you know, the traditional mindset and everything and the whole stigma we have about all that. Um, so I do have a question. Shayla knows this, but I have not lost my virginity. I am still a virgin. So, and I've, we've talked about this before. I would want to go on dating apps, um, but I am nervous. So I have a question for you guys. Um, if you've gone on dating apps and you've gone hookups or even relationships, um, what has been your experience? Honestly, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think dating apps can really find, well, just from my experience, I don't think dating apps can help you find like an actual relationship, depending on the kind of app you're on and depending, obviously, on the person you're talking to. But with my experiences, it's mostly been just like hookups, you know, and, but usually it's just that, but that might just be in the gay community. I don't know about, you know, the straight community on dating apps, but from my point of view, it's mostly just people looking for sex and it's not really people looking for something. And whenever a relationship is built on hooking up like one time and then gaining feelings after hooking up a few times, usually it doesn't end well. So like, that's my experience on that, that it's usually just a sex thing when it's online. Mm-hmm. but I could be wrong but I, I you know, I've just had really bad experiences so that's why like I just have I don't know I just don't I just don't know if dating apps are like you know it should it shouldn't be the only option obviously you know but if you find the right guy then go for it with like tinder and stuff it's definitely just like that hookup culture there with bumble I think it's a little better you'll find like some guys that are pretty wholesome and they want to go to the movies with you or dinner and whatnot but I also feel like guys from Mumble seem weird based on um, stories that I've heard but I think that with dating apps it's really hit or miss it's mostly miss but I do know some people who are still with their significant others that they met on tinder So there's a few gems out there. However, I think going the unconventional route um, has worked for me. And unconventional as in like not using a dating app, but using like other platforms online. Yeah, you mentioned that before Reddit. (laughs) Yes. We can continue the Reddit conversation, I guess. Um, Yeah, I think it's like it's basically like meeting someone in person organically, except it's like virtually, you know what I mean? Like there's no expectation of like- That's like the same for like VR chatting. Yeah, it's like there's no expectation for what the relationship is. It's just like a person that you meet. Right, and especially on Reddit, you don't just post a picture up there of yourself. You just post like a status on a page and then someone reaches out to you or, you know, messages you. And they know, like, oh, well, they don't have a picture. So it, they're, they're more likely to be nice because that means they don't care if they do contact you. Like, you know, I don't know. I feel like when 
like dating apps where you have to put a profile picture. It's like, I don't know, like maybe they should make an app where you don't have a picture at first and you talk to them first and then it unlocks the picture. I don't know, you know, make it like a fun little thing. Like every time you find out something about them, it like unblurs the image until you can see them clearly. Wow. Like I feel like that would be beautiful. And that's like a really good, like organically virtual way to actually get into a relationship with someone or friendship or whatever. You need to copy that, copyright that right now. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's an app like that somewhere. <laughs> but that would be cool though. I'd like to see that in the future of dating apps. I feel, I feel like, um, especially with tinder they they will swipe right just because they think you're just of how you look just because of like because usually and i feel like everyone like every single person will have some kind of internal judgment of someone when they see a picture of them how the picture is taken what they're wearing like it's easy to make assumptions even without even thinking about it or wanting to Mm -hmm. you know like you yeah even on my i feel like i've made i've made mistakes where like i purely just looked at their appearance and then they end up being like a shit ass person so i think talking to that person before seeing what they look like um is very beneficial for i guess the longevity of whatever relationship you build with each other however what if you're disappointed once you get to see their picture you know, because yeah, yeah, that's that's what I get, which is why obviously I don't really like meet people from Reddit. I, I am one of those people that likes to see them first, but mm-hmm. I like to keep an open mind about it. But I understand, like you know, talking to someone, they're nice, and then, you know, they kind of look, you know, not like your your standard or whatever. You know, <laughs> we all have standards. Let's just admit it. But. I don't know. It depends on how you want to go about it. Like, if you were planning on being sexual with them, and then you were disappointed by how they looked, then <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's up to you if you want to be like, delete, bye. <laughs> but I don't know. I really don't know what to say to that. Never mind. <laughs> it all depends on the person, what you want to do. If you don't like them anymore, then so be it. Yeah, I feel. well, now that I think about it, it, it's sort of the same thing because with Tinder and other any other dating site, when you see their picture, mm-hmm. you're automatically interested if they're attractive, right? But then if they have like a really bad and empty personality, then you're disappointed. So it's the same yeah. thing with like having a full exuberant personality and then being disappointed by their appearance. So I guess I guess there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Out of the two, it is better to, you know, for them to, to not like the personality rather than their face, than liking their personality, but not the face. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, sometimes it'd be like that, honestly. Like, just being real. As long as you're not rude about it. But if you don't feel comfortable talking to them anymore because of how they look, then like, <laughs> I don't think they're going to die. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll survive. It's okay. He could take a Xanax or something and calm down. So I also have a question about your experiences with guys like hooking up or in relationships. Um, are they against using condoms? Like, is in my experience, I have a lot of my friends tell me things like, "Oh, guys don't want to use condoms." Is that still a thing, or are guys more open to it now because they do want to be safe? I'll go first. Um, there. So every I think every guy that I've been with, don't they? So every guy that I've been with 
doesn't like using condoms and it's because they claim that they can't feel anything or like one guy even said like um he doesn't like the smell of condoms but <laughs> but they don't really smell like anything really um they smell grainy if that makes any sense like they smell like bread um but yeah and then there's some guys that are like okay with wearing condoms but they're but then they add on at the end like uh obviously i would prefer not to wear one and it's just like okay but then my uh boundary that i set on myself is that if they don't want to use a condom then we're just not having sex you know like it's not the end of the world yeah um in my experiences is pretty it was pretty much the same thing like guys would say, I well, I don't want to wear one, and I'm I'm gonna admit, for most of my hookups in the past, I did use unprotected, which led to me getting something. Thankfully, it's away now, but I did catch something at one point, and so that you know that taught me like, oh, don't be fucking stupid again. So, but now, usually guys don't want to do it. If I even like bring it up, they'll be like, oh, I'm only looking for raw bareback, bye, and they'll block me. And then they think that, like, I'm a pussy or something just because I want to, like, use protection. Like, it's stupid. So, I've also took it upon myself to, like, do my own research about um, safe sex. Just because in my experience, what you learn in school is very heteronormative. And I feel like that's not what it looks like for everyone. So, my question is, I've learned about dental dams. And if people who are listening are not aware about that. Um, it's kind of like a condom, but it's like a sheet, and you use it for oral sex. So um, when I bring this up with friends, they're like, what is that? Like, they don't know what that is, or they don't use them. Um, so in, like, hooking up oral sex, like, for both blowjobs, or like, if someone goes down on you, Shayla, um, are dental dams or condoms used, or it's just, like, mouth-to-skin contact? So... To be honest, I don't know where to get a dental dam, and I never really thought of using one. Um, I know that I know that it's probably the safest option, but I've been fine um, since I started doing oral sex with guys. So it's all by chance, and you know, it's up to the person and whether or not you know if they want to use a condom, they want to use a dental dam. Like personally, I don't really use protection all that much. I mean, I obviously I do now because of what happened in the past. But like, yeah, you know. But with dental dance, though, like, you know, it's good to have that extra protection. But like, I don't know. Like, how did? Obviously, I'm a guy. I wouldn't understand. And I've never actually seen a dental dam. But like, it just confuses me. Like, I've never heard anyone say, oh, like, oh, yeah, you're going to give me head. I got the dental dam right here. Like, I never, <laughs> ever have seen that or heard of that. Like, I don't, I just, yeah. It's like putting cellophane over it, I imagine. Yes. Going at it. Oh, you could probably do that as a DIY. No, 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 no. If you don't have one. Commercial sponsor. We need to email cling wrap right now. If you don't have one, you can cut up a condom and use that. Like, cut it in half, basically. I feel like it's not wide enough. Should we do it right now? To cut one up? Um, I have one right now. I can do it. <laughs> I'm going to see a dental dam. Do you have a dental dam or you have a condom? No, a condom. I'll cut it up. Okay. Oh. oh. You got excited. <laughs> it will super glue it back together. It'll be good as nail. Oh, my. No. 
Um, I got super glue right here, actually. In the meantime, feel free to talk about something else. I'll show you the result. I heard so, I heard something you can't catch STDs if it's mouth to genital. Oh, you can. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so what about herpes, girl? You can get chlamydia in your mouth. Yeah, it's less likely, but it can happen. Yeah, I I read about that. Yeah, uh -huh. but it's not really taught. I don't remember learning that in school. Do you? They just talk about like just the SCDs, dick and vagina. You know, like they don't ever yeah. talk about like oh, you have sex in the ass or you know in the mouth. Like they never tell you, or even by touching it and then touching your mouth, like you can if they have a scar or something. Yeah, or even like if the guy ejaculates and he gets like I don't know on your mm -hmm. stomach or something. Like, oh, then if it's on your stomach, then as long as you wipe it off and it doesn't go in anywhere in your like, body, then you're good. Oh. But, so you can't you get know, it on your skin, but it's more of like an internal if thing. It's just on your skin. It's not gonna like seep through and like give you anything. You have to ingest oh. it either orally, anally, or vaginally, whatever. So it's not the same as like herpes or something where it's like. Well, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not too sure. Okay. And I, and I doubt WebMD is going to be that accurate, so I don't want to like you know source off of them, and then people are like, oh, okay. Okay, I got it. <gasps> is it banana flavor? Please don't be. No, it's just yellow. <laughs> it's just yellow. We got this from Pen sure Parenthood. We were talking about banana flavored condoms before. Like, who the hell says? Oh my god. I want my condom to smell like banana. Like, no. <laughs> honey, no. Cherry or blueberry, more acceptable, but still, uh. Blueberry? It tastes like red and blue. Like, it doesn't like even taste like a fruit. Like, like right, it tastes flavor. like something that's out of a video game, probably. Yeah. It's <laughs> like video game fruit. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't know Imagine. what I'm doing. Imagine what? I don't know what I was going to say, sorry. That's really small. <laughs> Let me, let me do it. Let me get my condom. No. I don't have any. Usually the guys I meet, they usually have the condoms ready. Honestly, Sheila, I feel like this is not that bad. I feel like that's small. Because, because typically you I'm going to imagine what it would be like. Oh my god, you're going to touch your lips to that girl. No, no. That's not fantastic. You can't just be that. <laughs> So I feel like we should cover even your bikini area, not just your, not just like your vulva. Because How does it clip? Do you hold it while they do it? Like, no. Are you supposed to hold the dental dam or does no, it like clip? Like, 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 why did they imagine like, like having a clothespin and like clipping it to each part of his corner? rolls on your thighs. I'm like, um, okay. Wait, when did this turn into BDSM? Oh my god. Oh, I don't have a condom. All I have is this super glue. Now this one's flavored. What flavor? Ew. It's just called tropical. Uh, tropical? Uh, does it taste like Hawaiian punch? Like it's just a mix of every artificial color that's probably gonna give you cancer later. It's like watered down Hawaiian punch. I knew it. <laughs> tropical. That's it. Like the fuck is it was supposed to be a pineapple? Oh, yeah. So, it, for those of you listening, do not use um, flavored condoms for vaginal sex because it will give you an infection. Yeast infections? Yeah, because of the sugars. But we you. Don't, we don't, we don't so, you use those for oral sex? Yes, only for oral sex. 
Wow, it's longer than I thought. Whoa, that one's huge. Wow. Pussy size. <laughs> okay, here goes nothing. Okay, while well, you cut that, I'll ask Peter. Um, in the LGBT community, is PrEP, which is something that you take to prevent HIV, is that something that's common or um, not necessarily? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. I've known some guys that I've met who are on PrEP, and there's some who are, and then there's some who's not. So I'm not too exactly sure. I think it's like 50-50 across the board. Like, most guys will take it, but then most guys don't. Because most are like yellow, and then some are like, oh, you know, I want to prevent as much as I can. But the, the thing with, like, people who take PrEP, I've noticed there are some guys, like, if I, back to the whole, like, if I ask them for protect, to use protection, they say, oh, I'm on PrEP, so you should be good. And I'm like, well, what about all the other, like, ladies, you know, just cruising about in this world that could, like, infect me? Like, chlamydia, gonorrhea, all that stuff. Like, I don't think, you know, okay, I won't get HIV, but if you have something else, like, you know... But they think that automatically that just because they're taking prep, I'm not gonna get anything, you know. So I don't know. But yeah, most people don't, and most people do. All right, Shayla, give us your review. So I don't think it's wide enough. Well, okay. So maybe if you turn it, if you turn it sideways, it'll be wide enough. I think it's tall enough and wide enough. So is a dental dam made from the same material as a condom? I'm assuming. Yes, but it's just not that shape. So the first time I heard um, dental dam was on Bob's Burgers, and the the dentist said like a dental dam joke, and so that's. I've taken a lot of women and gender studies classes, obviously, because I'm a women and gender studies major, and we always talk about certain demographics that are hypersexualized and gay people are one of them so do you want to speak on that do you think that you've experienced that stigma in your life thankfully i haven't had that many people who are that hateful towards me so i haven't had someone like outright come up to me and like start you know bashing me for being who i am um but i do know that just from my experiences online and stuff they're even like like straight guys who are on like grinder and shit like that they like if i have a conversation with them they're usually the ones who always say that like oh well i know you guys you know suck dick better and you guys always want sex so that's why i'm on this app looking for dudes and it just makes me uncomfortable because it's like i don't know i feel like there's like maybe because you know at our pride parades we do get pretty fucking wild but i feel like the reason for that is the reason why we're so sexualized is because we are very open, like people who are very open about it are very open about it and make it their personality, which I feel like there's nothing wrong with that because of like the oppression that we have to go through. Like, I feel like, you know, every gay person should be like, yeah, I'm fucking gay. Like, I like to get fucked in the ass. <laughs> so then when people hear that, they're probably gonna take that as, oh, they're just horny. When in reality, we're trying to fucking liberate ourselves and free our bodies. But apparently that's not okay. And that's just, you know, us just being horny and shit but maybe part of it can be like a scientific thing like a biological thing because a male and a male that you know we have testosterone so we're, we're just biologically built to be horny all the time 
So when you put, two, you know, a bunch of gay men in a room, obviously something's going to happen rather than if you put a bunch of men and women in a room, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like some of it has to do with the testosterone that we have, which makes us have sex more, which in turn also, you know, people look at us and be like, oh, sex monsters, you know, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very odd because if we're going to talk about testosterone in gay men, then it's it's just weird that we don't call straight men sex monsters. We just pride them for having so many hookups and being so horny, right? But then everyone else, like, we're not allowed to be horny. Only yeah. Are, apparently. Pretty much anyone who acts feminine are the ones who usually get the most, you know, brutal shit thrown at them, whether it's a woman who's feminine or a male that's feminine, you know? That's when all those, you know, oppressions start getting thrown at. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It's fucked up. I'm not sure what we can do about it. The whole world would need to come together, but obviously that's, like, impossible. But, you know, even just talking about it is going to help. So I was talking about it is going to spread some kind of awareness towards it. And hopefully people can understand that, you know, what someone does in the bedroom is none of their fucking business and that you shouldn't label someone as an immediate whore or whatever, no matter the community, for them doing what the fuck they want with their body. Like, it's not your life. Like, it doesn't affect you. So, you know, why even get mad? Or throw names at people and specifically gay gay people you know yeah it's sort of insane how in society we we kind of want people's sex lives to be private but yet it becomes public when it's convenient so when po- politicians are cheating on their wives and whatnot we use that against them so that they don't win whatever election right and I feel like it's just it's just kind of like that double standard where we we only use sex publicly when it's convenient for us. And I feel like it should be something that's sort of more public because people need to know more about STDs because I had no idea about spectrum testing until I became president, right? Um, and I guess we can talk more about that. But I think that we should have control over our own bodies, but there should be more public, what's the word? Like resources to be able to do this safely because it is, uh, you know, part of our nature as human beings, like we're all gonna have sex. Right, even at young ages, people people are having sex. So I know when I was really young, I've had experiences with people before, you know, and I feel like everyone's basically had some kind of sexual experience as a kid, you know, and so I feel like it's important for them to learn about it at a very young age, so that way they know what the hell is going on, because otherwise mistakes are going to happen, and then regrets happen, Mm -hmm. so it's important to implement more of, like, more topics to discuss when they're, you know, when teachers are discussing, just discussing sex to their students, you know, and not just going over the basics, but actually going over the whole spiel and, like, making sure they understand before moving on to, like, whatever lesson they're going to do next, you know? Yeah. Okay, listen to the virgin here. 
<laughs> I think that getting tested before having a new partner is probably the best thing to do because you don't, I mean, again, with a lot of these tests, like you, if you don't have symptoms, there's like possibility that you could miss something. But I think best case scenario, you just want to know. You'd never want to think, oh, that guy was clean and have unprotected sex with someone else and give him something. So I just think either before a new partner or like after your partner, just to check for yourself, that would be the best option. What's the craziest sex story you have? Ooh. I have a couple, but the, let me think of the worst one. <laughs> oh, when I met with this one dude, um, I went to his house and, you know, we were doing a little the dirty deed. <laughs> and then um, we did, by the time we were almost about to finish, someone walks into the front door while we were in the living room. And he's like, oh, shit, get in the room. And then we ran to the room. And then I hear, like, a woman's voice and a man's voice. Well, apparently that was his parents. And he's like, it's my parents. Like, be quiet. Like, I'll handle it. And then they went to the basement. He followed them there. And I was going to wait. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I was like, do I wait in this room or do I just like take my chance and like while they're downstairs and he's distracting, I just fucking bolt out of the house. And so I decided to bolt out of the house, but they heard my footsteps. They're like, who the fuck is that? And then I heard the footsteps coming back up from the, from the basement, but then I was out the door by the time. And then thankfully I was able to get away. And then I blocked the dude afterwards. That was just too awkward. And plus he smelled weird. <laughs> but that's my horror story. At least, you know, thank God my my horror story is kind of like plain, you know, like typical, you know, parents caught, whatever. But I haven't had like an actual crazy, crazy one where someone was like going to kill me. Like I've had some weird ones, but that was the craziest one when people walked into the house while we were doing it. Like that's just, re- that's just horrible for me because I have anxiety. So that is like a horror story for me. <laughs> that's like really bad. Like, ugh, that. I would not want to experience that again. Yeah, so I met up with this guy from Tinder. And um, he came over. We were making out. That was like the second time that he came over, right? He had his hand under my neck while we were making out. So his hand was like this. And then his head was right here. Um, And he told me, don't bite me this time. And I was like, okay. So then we started making out. And obviously I bit him because that's just like what I naturally do um just as me as Shayla and he he whipped my head around this he whipped my head around the other direction his finger was on my cartilage piercing and like after the whole fiasco I checked it and there was a little tear in the skin and he but while he had me in that headlock, he was like, he was like, I told you, I told you not to fucking bite me. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot. And then he's like, you forgot after five seconds. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, and I did not know. I felt so powerless because I did not know what to do or what to say because his personality just like, like, he had like a sudden switch. Like you can tell that there was that was a different person in that. Maybe movie. he had bipolar. Yeah, I'm thinking because the first time we met up, he was super sweet. He was super cool. He even like 
I walked him to his car and he drove me back to where my dorm was. So he was super sweet and he had a really cool car. Not that that matters, but you know, it's perfect. It <laughs> um, and yeah, I, it was really scary. And since I was in um, a really bad time, a really, yeah, a really bad time in my life, it was a few months after my ex and I broke up. Obviously, we ended up hooking up because I had, I wasn't thinking about anything else. So there's that. But the fact that you still had sex with him afterwards is what I think is crazy. I'm telling you, it's because I was in a bad place. I mean, that makes sense, but... <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that. You know, sometimes, in order to, if you want to forget something, you're like, oh, well, fuck it. Like, you know, I've been through worse. Who cares if this guy did this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and at least you're alive. Awesome. So thank God you're still here today. He didn't, like, yeah. rip you apart, like, <laughs> rip the cartilage piercing out. Yeah, and I feel like it wasn't even, like, to forget about anything. It was more of, like, to feel mm. something. You know when you told me that kind of traumatized me because i think i told you that i wanted to go on tinder and you were like don't go on tinder and then you told me your horror story and now i was like oh no am i gonna be single and alone forever <laughs> okay i want to yeah, go back you were a gay man don't go on grinder <laughs> i want to go back regretted. to um stds right so you said that we should get tested before and after every partner but what if there's not enough time to get tested and get results between partners, right? Oh, like I didn't you're think really about going that. back to back with dick, like, <laughs> you know. That, yeah, that, you know, that's when you have that's when you have to just go for it, honestly. You Sometimes have, there's just no room for testing you know, and you just do it. Protection is better than none, no protection. Right? As long as you're using the condom, I think you're it should like 95% be fine. percent okay, right? Yeah. Okay. There's always going to be a risk no matter what you do without condom, with condom. Like, there's always something that could go wrong. You just mm-hmm. you and just then, need to trust your gut at that point. Like, have faith in whatever you believe in. I heard that everyone has herpes. Like, 90% of the population has herpes. So, like... That's a whole damn lot. Are you sure? It's a, it's a third. Yeah. It's a third. Is it really a third? Or yeah. Two fucking thirds. <laughs> Dude, Shayla, <laughs> Devin from Planned Parenthood is gonna listen to this and be like, "You can't post this. You're spreading misinformation." <laughs> like you're fired. You resign now. You're like, no, I quit. No, um, apparently it is a third, but that's like, so there's two different types. Well, there might be more than two, but like what I heard is like type one herpes. If you have that like cold source, don't worry about it. That's the one that's common and everyone has. Why well, should it everyone? But like a lot of people have. Um, but then there, there are like more serious versions of it, which are like more common with like general warts and stuff. And I don't know how many people have that. I don't think that's the one that's like one third. Um, and another thing is misconception. A lot of people think. Um, if someone has a cold sore, that's, you know, not to worry about it. It's not like genital herpes. Um, I've heard a lot of people say things like, oh, he had a cold sore and he went down on me and now I have warts. So watch out. Yeah. Oh, first of all, if he shows up and he has a cold sore, uh, he's, he's got to turn around, do a 180, leave, you know, like you're not even going to on the way out. Get out. <laughs> uh-huh. in your Dodge Caravan. You do not, you do not go 
within 10 feet of a guy who has a cold sore. Never. <laughs> Never. Do you, Andrea, do you feel like you're, since you haven't had experiences with sex, do you think that all the stories that you're hearing make you, um, like, a little bit too anxious about having sex? Like, you're a little bit too hyper-aware of, like, anything that could happen, right? Yes, I am. I'm, I've talked about this before with you and your cousin. Like, I'm scared that I'm going to be insecure and I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm scared that um, I'll get nervous and, like, chicken out. I'm scared it's going to hurt. And you guys said that it is. And I have to, like, yeah. just accept that's going to that's gonna happen. Yeah. And, I mean, I have, like, anxiety in general. So I feel like that would be, like, the most anxious moment in my life. <laughs> but do you feel like... Well- like along with that what you just said you feel like all the std stuff and getting tested before and after and whatnot and like all this other extra protection like do you think you're paranoid about that because you haven't had experiences oh definitely like i think i've told you like i want to be on birth control i want to use condoms and i'm gonna make him plow (laughs) like i don't want to take any chances about either an std or pregnancy I respect that a lot because I don't have the energy to do that. So I'm <laughs> glad that you would for me. You yeah, know, that's a, for us. <laughs> that that's a really good thing to do. I used to make my ex pull out even though he was wearing a condom, which yeah, is makes awesome. it way more safer. It's the safest way, just in case it breaks or like it overflows or something. Just communicate with your partner about it, and like you know, if you start feeling more comfortable, you're like, hey, like you know you want you don't need to pull out you know but still wear protection you know you know both of you need to have a conversation it, it should never be a one-sided thing and make sure to communicate that with the guy if they agree to it without any problem then go ahead and lose your v-card to him but if he says anything that's like any kind of red flag like oh but to all of your you know protection that you want him to wear then i would say don't do it especially for your first time make sure it's with someone that you've known for a while because i made the mistake of losing it to my ex that i only known for like three weeks and then i decided to do it and i ended up breaking with up with him like a month after because it was just awkward because he told me he loved me and shit after that after we had sex and i'm like i don't love you so yeah i broke up with him in the cafeteria at breakfast that was brutal i don't know why i chose breakfast in front of everyone like what the fuck is wrong with me anyway yeah just be careful, girl. Choose wisely. And then I, I feel also feel like, guy. what if, sorry, what if I'm like building this up and then it happens and it's like, sucks? It might suck. suck. Yeah. It's going to suck. You're, not, you're probably not going to feel anything. <gasps> I mean, I'm not a girl, so I wouldn't know. But in my experience, I didn't feel anything my first time. It just felt like pain. It's just, like yeah. It's it. Pain. it just... Yeah, it's like someone's stabbing you, but <laughs> after, like, a few times, you start to loosen up, and then once you start learning more about it and ways you, your body works and what spot hits the right spot and what spot hits the wrong spot and what hurts, what doesn't hurt, you know, you need to become in tune with your body. I also feel like there's, like, different angles that our vaginas are in. Like, I feel like mine kind of angles towards my back so I I noticed that like it's easier when a guy like um 
he like aims down and then in because I feel like my vagina's this way. But yeah, I think just figuring it out, finding the right guy who's like patient enough and is willing to like explore and figure things out with you, I think that's someone who's like worth keeping around, even if it is just for the sexual relationship, right? Um, but if it is someone that you're in love with, I think that's a bonus. Or even just like, you know, um, you know, just checking yourself out, like when you're alone or something, you know, like experiment, find what feels good down there and what you prefer and what you don't like. So and that way you can prepare yourself. So thank you all for listening. But before we go, we have a tradition going on where we ask our guests the same question. So, Charlie. Yes. If you were a form of contraception, which one would you be and why? Birth control, because we don't need any more demon spawns in this world. The pill? <laughs> yeah. Like the pill. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I say eat the babies. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't need any more. Why can't they just grow up? The ones who are here, like, <laughs> wants to hear them screaming, crying. I'd rather be birth control, because then I can just, like, go in everyone's assholes and then just prevent them from getting pregnant. <laughs> like, it's that easy. It seems like a simple world, you know? Well, every, all contraception is birth control. Okay, there you go. I'm sorry for being stupid. I'm still kind of stoned. I'm sorry. Next time I'll probably be sober if I'm ever on again as a guest. <laughs> La 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 la